You're listening to a Galactic Network podcast. The Podcast of Terror is a show with adult themes, run by adults, for adults. Please do not have your children listen to this show. It might be beneficial to them in the long run, but please, please wait until they are older. This is one of those things. It's like when you laugh when you're playing bingo and and 069 comes up and you have a chuckle and your mom, your kitty says, uh, uh, Mommy, Mommy, why, why are you laughing at 069? And the mommy says, uh, when you're older. It's one of those kinds of things. Mommy, Mommy, can I listen to Podcast of Terror? Sure. When you're older. This is a show with adult themes and some childish behavior. A lot of dick jokes. Uh, so please, please, please. Uh, if you want to avoid the swearing, if you want to avoid spoilers for your favorite horror movies, and if you want to avoid really, really lame, petty dick jokes, do not listen to this show. It is not for you. Corey, how often do you wear a shirt? Not as often as you would think. Yeah, it's always nice to cover up your nipples, and maybe your neighbors are complaining because they're hairy. I know you they, like they, wear, you wear shirts when it, we do these shows. That's about it, from what I understand. It's more that I just give off a glare that blinds drivers by. It is hot in California, so I assume that you sweat. There's a there's a slight sheen to you, and the California sun just. Pshh, I don't even sheen. I estevez. <laughs> that that is, if you do not want to estevez in public, we have two places in which you can go. We got two coupon codes to make your life a little cheaper. Uh, you can go visit a uh, frequent guest and friend of the show, Matt Vincent. His his website thehate.com. That's the hviii.com use the coupon code hbg15 for 50 percent off your order maybe you hate him i don't know he's he's kind of a likable guy but if you hate him and you want to go spend your money somewhere else we got this other place go to statusfearmerch.com uh, another uh, sponsor of the show friend of the show he does all our artwork he's a really nice guy he does all the, the art for my band except for the stuff that Corey's wife draws head over to statusfearmerch.com use the coupon code terror get you a little nice discount there Welcome to episode 103 of the Podcast of Terror, production of the Galactic Network. I'm your host, Matt Stein. With me, as always, is Corey. I almost shit myself in my new car in front of my wife, Scott. Corey, how are you? I, I almost shit myself <laughs> in my new car in front of my not new wife. Yeah, so uh, I, I had to like stop a good shit story so that we could start recording because I, I didn't want any future oh. shit stories to be missed. No, I think we got to the end of it. I, it, I think we hit the tail end well, of my shit story. One shit story leads to another shit story, which leads to another mm. shit story. And then someone's got diarrhea, and that's that's when the real fun begins. That's true. It's the shit story you're not expecting that gets you. Now, our, our guest this week uh, doesn't have any shit stories yet. Nope. No, he yet. tells good stories. He's got great stories, <laughs> just no good shit stories. None. Some Someday soon. Uh, he's a producer of Health Nut, Health Nut Returns, and... Uh, Health Nut Forever, which is coming out soon. I need to see those because they sound funny because I'm not a health nut. Um, a company, which Corey and I have had the pleasure of seeing, we need to review and audition, which we have done a pot shot for, and uh, a fucking list that never stops. Our good friend, Anthony Rouse. How are you, buddy? I'm doing all right. I'm doing, I'm doing better now. So we're recording this fairly late. Everyone knows I am 57 years old at heart, and I like to go to bed at <laughs> 645. Um, it's like fucking 10 o'clock. My joints hurt, and uh, but we're doing it. Uh, we do it for the nookie. I'm just rigor mortising here in my chair. Like every time you say you're old, you it just boner? kind of dust falls off of me. <laughs> <laughs> just like, fucking your nose tip just blows away. Just 
Can you play Dust in the Wind while your nose blows away, please? I look like John Aston in The Frighteners. It just like my jaw falls off and everything. Or Alec Baldwin at the end of Beetlejuice. <laughs> oh, boy. That's awesome. Um, yeah. We'll get into everything Anthony does after I read this paragraph. For more on this podcast, including show notes, contact information, subscription links, go to gncast.com slash pot. You can chat with us on our Slack channel during our shows at gncast.com slash sign up. And while you're there, subscribe to our newsletter. Uh, Anthony, let's talk about all 417 movies you've made. Okay. Because when we first met, it was uh, for the audition. Yeah. And I was like, let's see what else this fucking guy's up to. And I'm like, this can't be real. And then I found out you're like, what, 24? 22. 22. All right, cool. 22. Now I feel older than shit. <laughs> Which must make uh, Corey feel like Father Time. I'm just, I'm, I'm going to pick my balls up off the floor because they're obviously hanging out of my boxer shorts right they now. They should be taped to your thigh at your uh, age. <laughs> doesn't take a lot of tape. I, I can, I can use just a, a nice minor uh, Scooby Doo band aid. Well, you got to be getting pretty close to a point where you can just tie them around your thigh. Mm, absolutely. All right. All it's right. great when I get on the shower. I can just ring them out. All right. Enough. <laughs> Enough about Corey's balls. <laughs> Anthony, let's talk about your movies. That's about the best segue I could get from Corey's balls to your movies. I mean, they're not far. They're not far in between. It's kind of. It's a good segue. Balls, 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 balls to my movies. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know where to begin with all of the movies that uh, you have. So I'm just gonna kind of let you talk. I know. I know. Um, well, com- company just came out. What the 13th, October 13th. October 13th, um, it was a one-night screening, and then it'll be screened again on Halloween. Oh, nice. Where at? <clears throat> yeah. uh, same place. It'll be a live uh, viewing on Facebook, but it'll be all day. It'll be screened all day up until midnight. Nice. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. give me a link. We'll be sure to share okay. it and all that shit, too. Okay. Since uh, Friday the 13th, I'm pretty sure I was crying in a corner. <laughs> yeah, Anthony, every it seems like for a while there, every week I was getting a like another page suggested by your friend Anthony Rouse uh, because you had another fucking project and then another fucking project, and another fucking project. And I'm like, I write a short story once a year and feel all privileged and shit. Like I, I, oh, I, I got the bang this out. Oh, I'm talented and don't sleep 20 hours a day. But no, you're fucking just prolific. Well, Man. because I know that if I don't do it, I'll end up in prison. So I have to keep myself busy. Mm, I've seen some of your stuff. Problem. I have a feeling prison's going to come <laughs> for you anyway. <laughs> oh, and these man. these are all shorts, right? Uh, yeah, most of them. I did one feature last okay. year, but yeah, most of them are short films. Are you planning on doing more that, features, or do you prefer shorts? <clears throat> um, well, the thing with shorts are is that I have so many ideas, so I I um. I make short films out of those ideas because a feature obviously takes a lot more time. It takes maybe a year out of your life to make a feature where you can make a short film in maybe a month, two months. So I think so, that we should make a move to change a feature to uh, pants. Okay. So you have, I'm, I'm you, down. You have shorts and pants. I, yeah, I'm down. I, th- I think so. <laughs> I think. All right. Uh, I'll try and keep the dad jokes coming all night. That, that is a pretty it good does, dad, It yeah. does take five times as long to put on pants. And that's an Assuming you don't fall and hurt yourself. Because um, so, you got to wrap your balls around your leg. 
So um, this this health nut business, I yes. would I would like you to explain that because I know Health Nut Forever is coming out. You're filming right, it right now. Uh, yeah, we're in production. Um, <clears throat> I I help produce all three of them. We there there are six films planned. There are six of them that'll probably the sixth one will probably come out July of next year. Yeah, but it's the, all three of them will have come out in 2017. <coughs> correct. Right. That's mm-hmm. fucking insane. So um, Jackson Trent, who was actually in uh, the audition, um, wrote the entire series. And then I came on and we kind of, you know, he had the rough drafts. And then we kind of, you know, collaborated, said this works, this doesn't work. And then um, we he directed the first one. I directed the second one. And then we have a new director who's directing the third one. Oh, nice. But it's basically, it's about... <laughs> When you say it out loud, it's really cool. It's really cool when you watch it, but when you say it out loud, it's kind of, you know, it's about a health-conscious superhero who's about making healthy choices, and and it's it's it, it's something you would think you would see on Nickelodeon, but we take it, and we basically give it a Dark Knight makeover, and so it's it's funny, but it's also, like, pretty freaking awesome. It's pretty is, awesome. Is he also sensitive to the name Martha? Martha, he is. Don't don't say it in front of Jackson. <laughs> Martha's his favorite smoothie. Exactly. I and I had assumed that um, it was going to be a horror movie, but that's nope. far more interesting than I expected it to well, be. The first one, the first one's a drama. The second one's an action film, and the third one is more of a drama action film. So it's like drama action. Drama action film, yeah. Don't, don't like try and get that one coin. So I'm be like, you sound I'm fucking tr- dumb. <laughs> like, Matt, Matt, you're the one that broke. I tried to make it work. <laughs> uh, I know. I know. Like sometimes when my ideas are dumb, they just usually have already come out of my mouth long <laughs> before I figure it out. Um, yeah, and then everyone just makes fun of me. What what a terrible thing to do if you're someone who records most of his conversations and broadcasts them outside. <laughs> so I, was, I was playing Destiny two with one of my coworkers um, before. We I recorded and uh, and we wonder why we're not <laughs> doing as much work as Anthony. Is. Yeah, so I'm playing video games. No, no. But uh, I'm like, yeah, dude, I, I gotta go uh, act like I don't hate everybody on the internet. And he just kind of like stopped, and I'm like, yeah, I know it's fucking weird. Like I record my conversations and put them out for mass consumption. Yet I really just don't like people. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can I can pre pretty much tell you that. If you do online gaming, there's reasons why you hate people. I generally mute everything, and I only talk yeah. to when I play with a friend of mine. Yeah, you're totally vindicated. <clears throat> yeah, fuck people. So what uh, What are the one of these movies we want to talk about? I want to make sure that you uh, get what you came for. Uh, I just came to hang out with you guys, dude. I just came to hang out with you guys. You guys are awesome. That. This is his breather. <laughs> this is his downtime. You have something better and you to can't do get on much a Tuesday lower. night than hang out with us? I, 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 yeah. You did? <laughs> and you still chose to hang out with us? <laughs> no, kidding. Hold and on. he dressed up. My God. No, this, no, no. This is certainly a moment where people need to go check the video of uh, the show. I'm starting because... to think he's just painted that way. <laughs> it's just body paint. <laughs> just a whole body tattoo of a suit. Oh, that's dedication. Like, I, I that really want lapels hurt. to have some nice lapels. To be tattooed that black, that would fucking hurt. Yeah. I'd be that'd be impressive. It hurts around the groin area, but everything else is pretty good. 
do you have you gotten your groin area tattooed? Everything, yeah. I had pants on too. They're tattooed on too. <laughs> Anthony is metal as fuck. <laughs> yeah, you're way more metal than I am. Yeah. <sighs> do you want to play drums in my band for me? I don't. I feel like I can't hold a candle to you anymore. <laughs> I, I can't. I can't really do anything. I just yeah, it's not that fake. hard. Trust me. Just stand there and fuck everything up. Drink. That's what I do. <laughs> I, I, that I can do. Yeah. I can do that. It's pretty easy. But I don't, I, I don't. I can't really do anything. I'm just really good at faking it. Yeah, me too. Ask my wife. <laughs> Should be the other way around. But she not say that you're that good at it. <laughs> <laughs> She's the pro. It's a good night when I don't end up in the closet. There's a there's a there's a joke in there for you, Corey. If you want it. No, I I some things just are only for the burrito store. The burrito store. <sighs> Which burrito store? Are we talking about me shitting my pants at wrestling again? I, I did that conversation ever stop? I mean, we, I think we just like paused it. We just, yeah, now exactly. We're coming back to it. Sometimes Circles around. Little, like the burrito itself. Gotta eat a little too much burrito and then shit yourself in a public place. It happens. Before we go uh, talk to our talk about our movie, I'm not even drunk. I'm just fucking tired. Um, we got to do our patented what you drinking, Corey, what you drinking? Uh, I am, I, I had a special drink planned for this episode, but I having some kidney stuff happening. So I'm, I'm just on the regular tea. Have I'm on the not, tea. Have you gotten the, the mouse out of your butt yet? Is that where this is coming from? Like the, does the mouse causing kidney problems? No, I eat so much cheese. You got to keep it up there. I mean, people complain about cheese like backing them up, and it's like if I don't eat cheese, I become irregular. <laughs> I think we understand your burrito issue. <laughs> I had cheese on there and sour cream and guacamole, fried onions, and steak, hot sauce, salsa. <laughs> that'll mess up your insides, dude. And then there was a taco with the same stuff on it yeah it was Wrap, wrapped around it yeah deep fried wrapped in a pizza mm. chicken fried so seriously, bacon threaded oh, yeah. sounds good <laughs> i'm just breathing heavy for 45 seconds uh so Corey, are you just drinking lipton again just on my lipton kick right now God damn it uh anthony how about you i'm doing pepsi brother come on on. I know. He's fourteen. Know. <laughs> I'm not of age to drink. <laughs> All he wanted was a fucking Pepsi. Just one Pepsi. Far from suicidal. Oh God. Um. Well, since I'm alone, oh, I'm still burping on Mo's. I got um, uh, three sheep's veneration. Whoop! You can't even see it because it's fucking light. But three sheep's is a brewery from my hometown, Sheboygan, Wisconsin. What are the odds that they would name something that they find so sacred as beer after the other thing that finds so sacred as sheep? <laughs> I haven't fucked a sheep in a while. Oh, neither, <sighs> of, you, neither of you gonna take a stab at that one. All right. Once you go back, you never go back. <laughs> All right. We should probably just move right on past that one. <laughs> um, this is usually the part where we would read feedback, but no one leaves us fucking feedback. Thanks, guys. No, we got several nice emails, as oh, I recall. Yeah. You just don't and, want to call him out. And, oh, it's our old pal Mike. 
He sends me yes. beer. It's these, and he made he handmade me that fucking Jason bottle opener that I use literally almost every day. That's so sweet of him. No, he was emailing us, and then Corey responds, and I read Corey's response, which he also didn't. So when someone when a, when when a fan emails us, I will respond, and I'll always blind copy Corey so he can read my response. Well. Corey didn't give me that honor, so I had to read Corey's response, which had about five references to me being an alcoholic. <laughs> which was low. Which, which was low. phenomenally... I was showing restraint. It was three sentences long, and which he somehow brought up me being an alcoholic five being times. An alcoholic. Yeah. <sighs> Could have been worse. At least he didn't call me a <clears throat> sheep fucker. Not out loud. <laughs> Damn it. Again, it's implied. Is that pillow you talk for you and You didn't see the stamp. Right. Uh, Also, in relation to uh, maybe not feedback of the show, but if if anybody noticed, this is episode 103. Do not miss an episode last week. Thank you. Yes. You want to go? I mean, you're you're the reason that we can't we canceled it. I'm one of the reasons. Thanks for that. Uh, Yes, I it's like mostly my fault. (laughs) (laughs) So Matt had a wonderful opportunity to do. some band stuff did it in the butt yes no we got the uh, whole band yeah we got asked to uh, open for a band from alaska called 36 crazy fists with like a week notice on a sunday night and uh we were supposed to have erica from apex and the abyss on and she had a super jam-packed weekend so we couldn't finagle it and then um literally everything around Corey was on fire so we're like maybe we should just take a week off yeah california just basically turned to ash for a couple of weeks and so I, while last week wasn't the brunt of it, it was still so much stuff up in the air. I was just like, maybe we take a week off. And I feel really bad about that because we just came back from our break and we we desperately wanted to get an episode out there. And Anthony was nice enough to work with us because there was scheduling snafus this week as well. As I saw. Um, it, it just sometimes life just gets in the way. But yeah, we we. Yeah. We really feel bad that we didn't get something out to you guys, uh, and we didn't want to do that two weeks in a while in a row. But we wanted to apologize, anyways. Yeah, and this episode's coming out late, but yeah, late is better than not at all, especially with a woman because that means she's not pregnant. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck! I just thought that meant you were hitting up grandmas, but all right, that's fine. No, no, no. no. And yeah, ain't nothing wrong with grandmas. Um, so you talking about grandmas made me think of it. But uh, did you either of you watch American Vandal on Netflix? Nope. So it's no, I haven't seen it yet, but I'm aware of it. It's obviously a mockumentary about um, someone who spray paints 27 dicks on cars, and um, the, the guy's older, like the main guy that it's about, his older brother has a landscaping business called If There's Grass on the Field LLC. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's fucking great. It's pretty good. The seventh episode kind of sucked, but I, I recommend watching it if you have nothing better to do. But yeah, we, we started up Mind Hunter. Uh, we're about three or four episodes in on that, and that one's actually quite good. It's about the original guy who who kind of coined the phrase serial hunter or serial killer. Sorry, and um. And is going around trying to understand the psychology of serial killers, and it's it's phenomenal. It's from the guy who did Seven, uh, David Fincher, and there oh, is a 
killer that they go and visit in prison that they're interviewing. And my wife is watching it and she's like, is this based off of a real person? And so she looks him up online and uh, it was the co-ed killer. And he was out here yeah. in Folsom prison yep. in the late seventies. And he's apparently back in an institution, I guess. So he's not in prison anymore from what I understand. Still alive though. And the guy who plays him is just spot on and is so far in the first few episodes is just riveting to watch because he's sitting there and he's having calm, very casual conversations. The reason that he got caught was that he hung out with cops and bars. Hmm. Cops saw him, knew he was a suspect and said, well, there's no way that he did it because he's just too fucking nice. And they didn't buy into it. So he killed after killing and having sex with his mom's head. Uh he he turned himself in because he's like, yeah, they're never going to catch me and I need to go to jail. And he basically says, like, you should either lobotomize me or if that doesn't work, you should kill me. I think... But he is just so compelling on the screen and disturbing at the same time. It's it's amazing. I'm fairly certain uh, Apex and the Abyss did an episode on him. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And, and, oh, God. Um, and Stranger Things is just, out in three days. Yep. If you're living under a rock, Anthony, what are you? I, what are you watching right now? Since we're all sharing TV shows, um, both of those. I, I love. I love. I haven't seen Mindhunter. I've only seen the first episode, but I love it. Um, <clears throat> I just watched 1922, the Stephen King adaptation on his short story. Uh, oh. I'm literally looking at Netflix right now, and I what? saw that pop up. Well, it's like I love the actor. I can't remember his name. The one who's in The Punisher and he's in The Mist and Thomas Jane. Thomas Jane, yeah. Um, he plays like a, a farmer who's like plotting with his son to kill his wife. And it's like it's real. It's really cool. I really like it. Um, because it's 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 a lot of in the mind of the psycho, which I love. I love stuff like that. Never would have guessed. And I think it's. It was, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I, I really liked it. I didn't like it as much as I like Gerald's game, though. Did you guys see uh, Gerald's game? I haven't I seen that yet. Just gonna ask you because I knew uh, there was another Stephen King that was up on Netflix too. I gotta add that one. I really liked it. I really liked it. It's that's more that's more blood and gore. That's like gory as fuck. Mm-hmm. But it's really, it's really good. <clears throat> yeah, this is the time of the year where we're getting all this incredible content, and it's all coming out so fast that it's hard to keep up with it. Not not to mention that. Uh, right. Between Hulu and Amazon and Netflix, uh, there's all well, these great shows that are already coming out just one after the other anyways. So trying to keep up with the stuff is impossible. Right. But right now, like my wife's going to Detroit uh, this coming weekend for a week uh, for her for artwork. And so she's going to be gone. I'm like, well, I hope she doesn't think that I'm going to wait to watch Stranger Things with her. <laughs> I didn't the first time. She went to you bed after the first couple episodes. You might episodes. end up in the doghouse if you don't. Yeah. Fucking, that's fine as long as it can get Wi-Fi out there. Sometimes. Have you right. guys um, heard about the new show coming to Hulu next year, Castle Rock? Yes. I'm yeah. really excited about that. I th- we talked about it on here, haven't we, Corey? Yeah, I think, yeah, back when we were doing news segments when they were first talking about it. But yeah, seeing the, the cast and stuff, been in it, uh, Skarsgård, who played Pennywise in the new It, mm-hmm. is going to be playing a character in it. Uh Sissy Space to complete Carrie. There's so many people that are in this, and it's kind of like a a melding of a bunch of Stephen King's works. And and there's not a lot of description about it other than the assumptions. 
and I just think that sounds so incredible. And I'm not a huge Stephen King fan. The only books I've read of his are all very wonky and and different from the mainstream stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is like an entry point for me. And after seeing it and being kind of obsessed with the movie, yeah. I'm I'm all in for that. So I have to fucking get Hulu now. <laughs> so I'm gonna just kind of change the subject here. But the, apparently they recently as in like sometime today announced the devil's reject sequel oh really yeah it's it's officially in development um so that the plot is after a raid on the rural home of the psychopathic firefly family two members of the clan otis and baby managed to flee the scene they had to a remote desert oh wait that's the fucking isn't that that's that's house for the or that's uh devil's reject that's the first one yeah yeah that's dumb well, no. At the end of Devil's Rejects, they all drive off, yeah, says, and they're well, getting the shut up by the cops. To torment and kill various victims, the sheriff uh, Wydell slowly closes in on them. Yeah, because Wydell, hmm. Wydell is uh, William Forsythe's character. Yeah. Yeah. So, because in the first one they're still in the house, and then right. in the second one they end up at the motel in the middle of the desert, and at the end it shows them driving off, and they um, get stopped by the line of cop cars and get gunned yeah. down. God, I gotta watch that movie again. It's been a while. What's- that's my Altered. favorite. Such a fucking good movie. I remember watching House of a Thousand Corpses like in high school and just being super scared. Yeah. I was scared that I was going to get scared, and I just remember being in love with it. Yeah. I've never seen House of a Thousand Corpses. I've only seen Devil's Rejects. Uh, my well, grandma that... hand-sewed me a Captain Spaulding costume. Nice. Which is somewhere in a closet in our house. But, <laughs> yeah. Well, we, we... When was the last time you were on here, Anthony? Christmas? Um... No, it was, totally it, was, it, it was May, June. Um, let's see. This is excellent podcasting. Silence while <laughs> I look. Uh, well, it was June. Okay. Yeah. So I had already moved. All right. Never mind. You haven't seen the old house? No. I was just, <clears throat> I think the, those, the walls are probably a different color in here. Yeah. You were still moving boxes last time I was yeah. on. I'm still moving boxes. Yeah, still moving boxes. So I opened up a closet today and I'm like, Jesus, there's still shit in boxes. Like I have fucking I'm still waiting if you notice this blue paint square. <laughs> um that's been up there for probably two and a half months. That someday will become a dry erase board. Someday. Yeah. I literally have the paint. I just need <laughs> to do it. So I'm yeah. Oh. yeah. Never buy a house. Never buy a house. Never buy a house. Oh God! I mean, the good news is that society says that you'll never get to, uh, but you probably will because you're super fucking talented and making movies and shit. But uh, God damn it, never buy a house. You just got to keep riding his coattails, and someday he's street. <laughs> no, I just want to keep seeing him make so, great art. Someday he's gonna need an alcoholic in one of his films, and that's where uh. I come in. <laughs> Be like, I'll bring my own beer. Oh no, you're actually you're not actually drunk. Uh, yes, I am. <laughs> I did not half ass that role. <laughs> Method. I've been practicing for this role my entire life. <laughs> you, you may not realize it, but Anthony was taking notes like drunk guy who shits himself in public. I could work know with that. Just the guy. <laughs> I think you should make a superhero movie about a drunk guy who shits himself in public. They made that. It's called Hancock. <laughs> I've actually never seen that. No? No. Is it any good? It's all right. It's all oh, right. that's okay. that movie. Oh, yeah, I'm never gonna see it. 
it, you can't really go too far wrong with Jason Bateman in, no. in a film. You know, he he he's one of those actors that you can just sit and least listen to him and enjoy it. Yeah, but it just sounds dumb. It went in directions that I wasn't expecting it to, but we're not going to oh. review that movie here. If you want to talk about Hancock, uh, I don't know, man. <laughs> Call Will Smith. Go elsewhere. Call Jaden. He has a lot to say. <sighs> so I found someone made a mod for uh, Left for Dead 2 that changes all the wall graffiti to Jaden Smith tweets. <laughs> and I don't know if you've ever... Maybe we should start that segment. Just reading Jaden Smith tweets. Uh, I kind of feel like that's a thing. I, I feel like somebody has already done right. something that like dramatic readings of Jaden Smith tweets. Anthony, have you ever seen some of the shit this kid has written? I haven't. All right. We'll just uh, good thing. Buzzfeed has a top 50 list. Uh, <coughs> if I had a nickel for every time I've cried in the back of an Uber, I would have another pair of Yeezys. Hey, Mike, what do you know about hunting? Um, less than. What do you know about fishing? Way less than. And I know barely more than that. Is there a podcast I can listen to to know more than? You sure can. Come check out Camo and Hooks every Wednesday on iTunes, Google Play, and YouTube. But what's the website I can go to if I just want to listen to them all? www.camoandhooks.com Your face right there was unbearable. (laughs) Good. Uh, Just stare in the mirror and cry and you'll be good. Excuse me, sir. Caucasian here. What's a Yeezy? Oh, um... It's shoes. They're shoes. But I can't remember Yeezys. Kanye shoes, maybe? Uh, yeah, they're Kanye West's shoes. They, oh, because uh, he's, he's Yeezus. Yeah. He's also a douches. <laughs> yeah, I guess. He's douchebagus. See what I did there? Um, all right. The moment when you whip so hard you tear a ligament in your neck. Was that him trying to throw his sister a bone? Like, hey, remember whipping your hair back and forth? Probably. He liked that song. That was great. You should follow it up with a a little listen to Summertime. Shia LaBeoufa's life. Oh, God. Oh, we're going to talk about Shia in a bit. Um, There's one about eyes or something. But what what I realize is that when I was 14, 15 years old, thank the fuck Lord there was no Twitter or anything like that. Just the dumb shit that I probably thought I was all being philosophical with and everything is not for public consumption. That's why there's an age limit on Facebook or there was for a while of like, you know, you need to be at least this old to know when to shut the fuck up. And then you hit a certain age where you say, Oh fuck it. I can say whatever the hell I want. But realistically for your own goddamn good kids, it should not go public. I know that they had apps or things that were supposed to keep you from tweeting when you were drunk. They should also have <laughs> things to keep you from tweeting when you're when you're just when too you're, young to understand what you're doing for your future self. There's um so the worst thing that ever happened to me was this Facebook on this day. Because it likes to remind me about like how sad I was ten years ago. Oh yeah. I'm like, God damn, I sucked. <sighs> <laughs> It's it's cute that you think that that's changed. No, I'm just not. I, I just I'm not vocal about <laughs> like it. Like ten anymore. years from now, you're gonna be looking back at today's post, going, "Oh god, damn it!" Just don't vocalize it anymore. <sighs> but, but I, what's worse is I look back and I think, "Oh, that was me in my prime." I didn't have a prime. 
So here's a good one because I'm looking at it right now. Eight years ago, something my brother told me today. Drinking O'Doul's is like licking your sister's pussy. It tastes the same, but it just ain't right. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> wow it's true though also three years ago today they canceled honey boo boo oh oh god and the world didn't improve what the fuck eat scatty and butter uh, what the hell were we talking about <laughs> It's good that we don't have a news segment anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Just fucking do whatever we want for the first half. We really do. I mean, we'll do that for the second half, too. Yeah. Well, we're just going to talk about a movie a little bit there. Did you want to talk about the movie? <laughs> Anthony does. <laughs> so as a reminder, uh, the last time Anthony was on, he brought us <laughs> Hostile. Yeah. Uh, a happy-go-lucky romp uh, love story with a real happy ending. <laughs> and now your second suggestion, the one for this, this episode, is A Cure for Wellness, which I had not seen. But as soon as I said, oh, I'm doing, I'm, I have to watch a movie tonight, babe, um, for, for my show. And she's like, oh, what movie? I said, A Cure for Wellness. She's like, fuck you. And she walked away. There's and so I had started to watch this movie prior to the last time you were on here, and you're like, "No, it's totally great." <laughs> I want two hours and fifteen minutes of my life back. Really, you didn't like it? I did not, and oh, for man. obvious reasons. And don't like feel bad. I would have eventually watched it anyways because I really to wanted to. I just I don't know what the fuck happened in this movie. Yeah, yeah, and I, I told you I I would try to explain it to you. Um, uh, I liked it better like... the first time I watched it when it was called Shutter Island without eels. <laughs> without eels. <laughs> all right, Corey, I'll let you do the rundown because we all know how I get. All right. Um, this, I, I was going to say that this is starting to give me an idea. Between seeing Anthony's work and seeing his choice of for movies, I'm starting to get a feel for what anthony enjoys he's a massive as far as horror films which is which is cool you know and and again i always want to preface by saying matt and i were not diehard movie geniuses we're not we're not super fans we like horror movies we like talking about horror movies our opinions are just our opinions uh so uh there there will be depth that can be discussed by somebody far smarter than us we hope so, a cure for wellness. <laughs> Dane DeHaan has one of those faces that I just don't understand that Hollywood keeps casting him as like leading men in things. Because mm. I just look at him like, that guy creeps me the fuck out. But he's good. He's not a bad actor. He's just like, I always go, really? This is who you're choosing? All right. No, it's, it's a weird place. It's a weird place. I'm not pretty. Uh, yeah, you are. Just put some pigtails on you. <laughs> I, I really do rock at pigtails. Oh boy! So the movie starts out with basically a corporate building. A guy working has received this letter 
he is a bigwig in the sales corporate office for this company. And he is kind of avoiding reading the letter, goes to open it, and starts to have a heart attack and dies. The letter comes from one of the heads of the company. The company is doing a lot of underhanded shit. I'm going to just state right off the bat that everything that I saw that had relation to do with the company reminded me of Ecor from Mr. Robot. Yep. Which is probably what we think about most corporations at this point. They're very distrusting. You shouldn't believe in anything that they're doing. They're only out for their own benefits. They're looking for ways to put the blame on somebody else. So the person who had sent the letter also sent it to Dane DeHaan's character. And it said, I'm not coming back to work. I I am not well. I'm at this facility getting treated. And my life is better here. And so fuck you all, essentially. And Dehan's character, Lockhart, gets promoted into a new uh, executive level position. But they know that he's done underhanded shit and basically backmail him and say, you have to go get this guy and bring him back so we can pin all of this criminal stuff that we've been doing on him. Otherwise, the whole corporation is going to go under. Uh, we're all going to get fired and put in jail, and we're going to make sure that you take the brunt of it. And so they send him out to, uh, we'll just call it foreign rape land, because every time you bring us a movie, it <laughs> takes place in foreign <laughs> rape land. And, uh, and he goes... <clears throat> to this wellness facility, uh, which I assumed is run by someone who created the Kellogg Company. <laughs> which is actually another uh, movie called The Cure for Wellness. There he meets Dr. Heinrich Vollmer, uh, played by Jason Isaacs. And he he goes to go in there and grab the guy. Who Who is the guy? Was it Adrian? Uh, Pembroke. No. Pembroke. Pembroke. Yeah, Harry Her, Harry Greiner, who people should <clears throat> remember as the mayor from the graduation season of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Uh, but he goes to get Pembroke. They won't let him just come in and get him. So he kind of has to fight his way through. And then they, they send him back. He's like, fuck it, I'm just going to leave. And when he does, he gets into a car accident. Wakes up, he's back in the facility. His leg is broken, so he can't go back to work. They tell him that the people at work are like, hey, you know, they they know you're going to stay here for a while and rest up and everything. It's all cool. It ain't cool. You know it ain't cool. I don't know why he thinks it's cool. He's Dana Han. Uh... At some point, hanging out at this place, which is filled up with old people who are all sick and getting treated. Um, everybody's drinking water all the time. Water, water, water. Natural springs, like Matt with beer, it's just like, it's their lifeblood. There's water in beer, just so you know. Yeah, they're <laughs> not the good kind. Um, the best kind. So he meets this girl, Hannah, who's at the facility. Now... Hannah is played by Mia Goth, a perfect name for, for this kind of film, but they called her Hannah instead. I want to state here now that I guess I at you. some point they they make Hannah kind of the love interest for, for Lockhart. And I had to stop the movie 
and look up the actress online to make sure that she wasn't literally 13 years old. Uh, it, it crossed my mind. She was, yeah, she was 22, it. apparently, wow. or, or maybe 21 when this was filmed. She is also married to Shia LaBeouf, and they met in the <laughs> filming of Nymphomaniac. I so I am creeped the fuck out just from this one thing. Like Dr. Heinrich Vollmer says to Lockhart, he says, she may have the appearance of a woman, but she is actually a child. I'm like, she does not appear to be a woman at all. You're all wrong. This was horribly miscast. Um... I don't know what kind of movie this is now, but it's fucked up. There is probably some plot that goes after this, but it takes five hours to fucking happen. So I can't tell you a lot of the finer points. All I know is that Lockhart starts to realize that the whole facility is full of shit. He takes Hannah into town and the towners are like, oh, strange girl who likes to come in here and dance to a jukebox. Let's rape her. Um, because yeah. rape town, foreign rape town. Uh, and and then he gets pulled back into the facility again. He starts to find out that there he has visions of eels in the water all the time, but they keep saying, No, no, you're just you're seeing visions because of the treatments. But there's goddamn eels in the water. Uh, people start disappearing. He sees them dead, yet they come back to life. All this weird stuff is happening along the way. He realizes that the whole place is fucked up. It's a little bit shining, uh, but I don't know how much of that is true. The whole thing kind of culminates. Anthony, if you want to take any of this, you can, because you might describe it with more enthusiasm. Well, it's, um, it's, I think it's, uh, I like movies like Shutter Island and The Shining and um, The Wicker Man, not the 2007 <laughs> version with Nicolas Cage. So much shit was going to be given to you if you like the Nick Cage <laughs> the Wicker ver- Man. The version with Christopher Lee, um, yeah. like where someone, some an outsider arrives to a community or some sort of island that they've never been to, and it's like... You like creepy towns. You don't know if they're crazy or it's actual stuff happening. I love stuff like that. Where everybody's kind of conspiring against the outsider. Exactly, exactly, and and I think this film does a really because this film came out in February, I think, and it was like up until that point, the the, the only other horror films we really had in, that came out in theaters were Get Out, uh, Split, yep. and The Bye Bye Man, and I liked all three of those. A lot of people didn't like The Bye Bye Man, but I liked it. Um, but this movie was really, really good. I really, I love Gorbinski too. Um, but I um, Gore Verbinski, who is most famous for the Pirates of the Caribbean, Pirates of the movies. Caribbean, and and The Ring, yeah. Um, but he uh, like visually, I think this is the best cinematography of the year. I think it should win best. It won't, but I think it should win best cinematography. It was beautiful from the moments that I was seeing scenes where they were filming the train going in the tunnel and stuff like that. It That's was my favorite shot in the gorgeous. Film, yeah. yeah. Oh man, it it there. I was watching this movie called, or not movie, the series on Netflix called Sense Eight, uh, which is from I the Wachowskis. I love that show to death. The opening credits to that show is just some of the most gorgeous film yeah. that I've ever seen, and and this was kind of reminding me of that. I'm like, and it's well, really nothing terrific. else. This is nice to look at. Yeah, 
it's well and even sensei is very it's a very trippy show if you it's like hard to follow but you're like okay okay and that's how i and that might not be how everyone but like while watching careful wellness throughout the film i was like okay okay like as it was going i don't necessarily love the ending and where it went i think they could have gone a much more because it kind of just comes out of nowhere and it's like okay well he's not crazy this stuff is actually this is corrupt and this is stuff going on here and um, I didn't see it coming, but that doesn't necessarily mean it was the greatest thing ever. But um, and th- and that's to me that's where the problem is. is that I did, but I know Matt didn't really from from how he, he makes it sound. He doesn't understand what the ending really amounted to. Right. Which is at the beginning when uh, Lockhart is being driven up to the facility, uh, he's being told the story by the the driver of. Right this town the the whole place had originally been burnt down 200 years ago from some the the baron who was in the place with his sister they had well they were basically together as a couple they had a baby the whole town burned down the whole place and killed the sister threw the baby into the the river uh but apparently she survived and and the baron was all burned up and everything. Right. And so the ending of the film comes together is that of course what the whole cure for wellness is is that the people are going up there they are utilizing these eels that are in the water to suck the life out of them because the eels are long lived and they they kind of use them as a catalyst to drain the essence down to this treatment that they're giving to the people they're all part of it to give them long lives to effectively give them immortality that's why hannah who again look fucking 13 but is apparently supposed to be an adult in this finally gets her first period and doesn't know what it is um so when this part happened my wife was still paying attention and uh She's like, what the fuck? And I said, I think she just had her first period. And she goes, it doesn't happen like that. I'm like, it's a uh, movie. And then I had to backhand her because she's my legal property. Oh, and, my God. Yeah. It's it, When you get your first period, you get it in the shower and gym class. That's how it works. I've seen And then, you, and then you get tampons thrown at you. Yeah, exactly. Um, or eels come and sniff around well, you for a little yeah. bit. Well, I think the thing with Hannah is that they wanted her to look like a child because she technically it would make it if she looked like a woman. It w- the relationship between Hannah and Volmer wouldn't be as cre. It wouldn't be as um, <clears throat> erotic, uncomfortable. Because <laughs> he I looked was really comfortable. He that, looked that, really comfortable. That 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 like that whole wedding ch- that whole bedroom chamber scene at the end made me. Oh. Look- so uncomfortable, but I think that's kind of the idea. And again, I they... because of how old she looks, there is. Uh, we used to we used to keep track of if there were uh, breasts shown in a film because it, it, mm-hmm. it's a horror movie staple, and and there are in this, but it was probably the most uncomfortable I've been in, and I've seen The Shining uh, of of a topless scene because I, I knew she was an adult. But I didn't feel like she was an adult, right? And the, yeah, that's She's that's so where the like square chair comes from. I think I think it's like, and it's like it was so uncomfortable to watch because it's, it's a rape scene. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, that's it, exactly oh. what it is. It's not. There's no. There's no love. It's not love making. It's I did this to keep my bloodline pure, and now he, I'm doing this to you to continue that that trend of extending yeah. my bloodline and everlasting life. And it's it. Makes and he it, does kind of worship her in in the sense that there's the the picture up that that is of her mother who is very the same exactly, features and everything, yeah. so it looks just like her. Which is not so different from a Dracula, right? Um, Bram Stoker's Dracula, especially the the rendition with Gary Oldman, and everything. It's the I loved this woman from before, and here's this woman who looks just like her and everything. Um, there, there's absolutely it, it's a staple in in a lot of romantic gothic horror stuff. Um, but that is a yeah, that is a horribly creepy scene. We we should emphasize that there, the rape does not go fully through. Um, right. So if it's if it's something that you as a viewer are uncomfortable with, it's not like it's not something that you should be uncomfortable with. It's just that it's not something that's as vile as it could be, but it's all still pretty gross. Right. Um, but yeah, so at the end we see. Heinrich is the Baron. He's 200 years old. Uh, his face is is burned off, and he's been wearing fake faces like he's in Game of Thrones or he's the Red weird. Skull. Yeah, that that whole moment of his face getting torn off, and then you see yeah. the burn thing under the. It, that again also kind of made it feel like it was sort of tacked on mm, and right. unnecessary because, other than Lockhart seeing a bunch of faces in bowls, it didn't make a lot of sense. It, well, it's also else really about it was like yeah, it was so CGI. Yeah, exactly. Um, um but it also it, it I I agree with you. I think it does feel tacked on because you have this incredibly tension filled film, and then in the end, it's just oh well, this has been happening. Like if if it if they had made it that he was insane the entire time, I think it would have been. <clears throat> um. I don't know what I mean. I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, it, it was to it was to do a couple of things. I, I can see it artistically. Uh, it's to <coughs> show you the monster underneath this this straightforward, you know, otherwise very good looking, very competent doctor that you're supposed to have all this trust in. Underneath is this raging monster. It also shows that because he was supposed to have been thought dead from centuries ago and he survived, but they all thought he was dead because of the fire and they burned him alive. Right. But he survived it, and they have to show that there were there were reasons that, yeah, he did take damage. He did get burned. Well, um, and we also just been able to hide it. Right. Well, we also find out in the film that he he's this the experiments that he's performing on his current patients he performed two hundred years ago, and that's why that was yeah another reason they burned him. Yep. In the in the uh, and didn't they didn't they burn her alive? They burned her alive, didn't they? They burned the his sister wife alive and, and then they the, cut her open the child, yeah they they cut out the child and they threw her into the water right and where i guess the eels kind of protected her okay. um and and again the the whole backstory of what the eels are or or where they came from i don't really recall them expressing too much about that in this it's just by the way there are these eels and they live forever and so we've learned how to utilize them to distill the essence out of human beings and so we just bring people here and keep them brainwashed into thinking that they need to stay here 
and think they're getting better when they're actually getting worse. Um, by the way, now the entire conversation we had earlier in the show about my dangling balls will make far more <laughs> sense in context of the movie uh, because there is a lot of unnecessary nudity. Are you talking about the, the sensory deprivation tank scene? Just everything. Just everything. Where- <laughs> just, just like, here's here's people that you probably would not have wanted to spend money to see n- naked that you're going to see them all naked. Yeah. Uh, it, it is the most fine example of non-titillating nudity uh, <laughs> ever. Um, and again, like the, the scene in The Shining when Jack Nicholson goes in the bathroom and he sees the the fantasy woman and then all of a sudden he pulls away and she wow. is no longer the fantasy vision of a woman. It, it's, it's a lot like that except so much more of it. Yeah. There is a wealth of of just draping, drooping skin. You <laughs> cannot get enough. There's a lot of weird nipples in this movie, too. A lot of weird nipples. <laughs> Not that my nipples are anything to write home about. No, nah, they're better than what was in this movie, though. Thanks for noticing. <laughs> they're usually more attentive when I'm around you. And then again, much like I feel that there was a very Hollywood cliche ending in Hostel of the, we got away and then I randomly run into the people that I'm against um, to give you full closure. So he, he runs into the the two women who, who, who turned him in in Hostel and gets his revenge on them. And then he gets a revenge on the doctor guy uh, in this at the end, Lockhart and uh, Hannah get away and then as they're riding Hannah's bike out of the the place, a car full of the other executives from the company come up and hit him on the bike. And it was like, oh, wow, this is exactly like the hostile ending. Mm-hmm. But it, it, he doesn't like kill them all. He just like says, no, fuck you. I'm not going back to work with you guys. I'm going to take off with my 13-year-old girlfriend <laughs> who's actually 213. <laughs> Well, I think that I think that scene because well, early in the film we find out that um, Lockhart's father uh, committed suicide. Yeah, because of the company doing the same thing that they're that they're planning on doing to Pembroke, they're going to do to they did to his father because Pembroke mentions that they threw basically threw him under the bus, and that's why he committed suicide. And I think that running into them at the end is him preventing what they are what they are going. Running into them at the end is like him not allowing what happened to his father to happen to him. That's what but, I took out of it. But what a what a which, strange, which, unbelievable thing right. of my father committed suicide when I was a kid, uh, and he worked for this company. So I'm going to grow up and work for the same company, right? And wind up in the same position. It it's just ah, it, it's such a jump of events to make something feel like it's cohesive in the story yeah. when it's just it it feels very artificial yeah my my biggest question with this movie is uh what's up with the fucking so the eel there's the scene where the eels go in homeboy and then he juices out into the bottle of vitamins so is that just saying that the eels are sucking out their life force and then they go into the vitamin bottles and that's how they stay young yes that, that's exactly it. They, they insert the eels into the people. 
the eels uh, using the physiology of the humans is what allows them to distill the essence out. It's sort of like the the bodies in the matrix. Gotcha. Yeah, we're we're just getting what we need from you, and and you're just you're just food. Yeah. Um, hmm. but but the fact that he can break himself out of it so easily is another thing that again just doesn't really right. make sense in the context of of an actual story. It's just this has to happen for the film so that he can dramatically show up right at the last second to save Hannah from being ultimately raped by her uncle father. Sister mother? No, sister mom wasn't there. She's just in the painting that burns. And and also at, at the end, everybody dancing and then they notice the fire. And so I did like the scene of there are people outside that are still dancing because they all are still brainwashed. It's it. So many of them, they don't care about the consequences. They just know that this is what they're supposed to be doing. And so they follow along with doing that while other people are trying to go in and, and save the place from burning down the ones who are a part of it. Um, so I found the stuff with the the other patients more interesting and unfortunately less explored. And wow. that that kind of bummed me out. The, the story became very much about these three characters when it seemed like there was so much more to go with. And then there's there's nice little vignettes with the the creepy nurse and and the security guard who masturbates while looking at her. That was fucking I mean, it's just, it's a visual to put the visual in. It doesn't add anything, but it is an added flavorant to it. I mean, that that's the kind of stuff that the little touches that make the film stand out from just being very simple. You know, it, I, I, I get, and I kind of appreciate that as again, it's not easy to watch. It's, it's not enjoyable, but I, I like the effort put in to having it. Yeah. Well, another thing about the film that's really that I love besides the cinematography is the sound, the sound design where it's like you hear everything. So like if there's like a quiet moment in the hallway where he's just crutching down the hallway, you hear the you hear the of the crutches going down the hallway. Yeah. You hear yeah. Every single thing. And then like in the scene where he confronts Volmer in the in the uh, uh, dining hall. And he starts to look around, and you see, you hear them crunching on the fork, and then drinking the water. It's like, I really liked. It. I think it was very. The editing on this film was really good. Yeah. Well produced. Yeah. Yeah. A, a great production of a a story that I don't think was particularly strong. And I agree with that. That's right. It wasn't like, just the story sucked. Like watching it wasn't difficult. It was just following the story was difficult. Or 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 even if you followed it, I don't know that it was ultimately a great story. Right. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, it's not an adaptation, it's not a remake, it's nothing, it's not a you know it's there's no there was no prior source material. I think it was just a film that was meant to be twisted and d- fucked up and Right. But it is a modern day yeah. Dracula, it's a modern day Frankenstein. It is right. something of those classic gothic novels. Right. That that they did an update for that relates to the world today, but brings it into a world of then and follows the right. follows those themes. And I, I can appreciate that that's if that was their goal, then, yeah, that story is a yeah. good choice to do that with. Yeah. Like, I, I almost feel bad because 
it's an original story yet we're shitting on it because it's like original but it's not good enough I, at least i'm shitting on it <laughs> but so so it's original but it's not original enough for me to be like oh this was this was good and new yeah. So like it, I, that's kind of fucked up because there's so much out there that it's pretty easy to just say like, well, this reminded me of that, and this came of that. So this guy clearly just saw these movies and just wanted them all in one. But I don't, I don't have a problem with with that so much as the execution didn't do enough to either one make it feel like I, I don't mind going into a movie knowing how it's going to end because I, I as as a person who who does storytelling, I usually figure out. The, the answers to to where a movie's heading far before my wife it. does at least we get it you're she, smart no it's not that I'm smart I, we talked about this in slack it yeah. it's just that's the way my brain works because of what I what I like to do I don't take issue with that it's just that there were things that I felt were done more I, I don't want to just strictly say because of the Hollywood idea of we have to paint it this way for the audience, or I really want to show this one image on screen because it'll look visually great. But that is sort of what it felt like. It felt like there were little bitty things in there that were kind of put in, not because it enhanced the story or even told the story well, but just because, well, we have to dress this up because it's a movie and and we want it to look cool and we want the audience who's maybe not into this to at least still get these these effects. The Michael Bayism. Of, of things is like well you know how do we work in an explosion here how do we work in uh, a monster creature here those kinds of things because that's what people expect instead of making fine art like i haven't seen the new blade runner uh but everybody i hear who've seen it and, and are blade runner fans love it and and realize it was made with an artist perspective more than a blockbuster perspective and the reason it's being seen as underperforming is because movie producers and everybody are expecting it to be a blockbuster because of who stars in it and because it's the giant sci-fi film and everything but realistically no it's it's a it's a piece of art again i'm saying it from someone who has not seen it so i can't really judge it but that's how i feel like it's being brought across from the fans who who did enjoy it a lot and and sometimes i think that you want to make art but then you still feel like but i still have to attract a broader audience to to make it successful to to reach money and and that's a problem i think with film production overall is that we are in a blockbuster mindset of everything it's like we're competing with marvel films and disney films and pixar films and stuff and everything has to be huge and has to make hundreds of millions of dollars to billions of dollars and it's hard to find just genuinely good stories in movies and i feel like anthony that's why you do so well with your shorts is because you're not beholden to the giant blockbuster aspect of it you're beholden to telling a good story and making a good film and having good characters and great actors the people that you work with and that's why that's more enticing and i think that's why people are finding stuff like that in in netflix right or in hulu or online and stuff in smaller spaces than they are up on the big screen well, and I think the thing with horror is, is you don't need big names to tell a good story. Right. I think that's becoming more, more, um, more, um, people are getting that idea more and understanding that more because you, if you don't have a really, if you, if you make a horror film and people walk, because 
the interesting thing with me is that I, I'm interested in, I like the idea of horror. I like the atmosphere of horror, but I don't like the idea that you have to scare people. I yeah. like the idea that a dark atmosphere and dark characters will bring that uncomfortable feeling to an audience and you don't need a jump scare every two seconds to attract an audience. I mean, a lot of people, it's done well. It's done very well. Um, but that's just me. I don't, I don't find it. Well, there are different kinds of horror movies right. and there are different kinds of horror stories. And, and that's something that we've, we've explored doing this show for a hundred and now three episodes is that for, for every time that we would go to a Friday the 13th style slasher film or a monster movie, then someone will bring us, um, the, uh, she walks alone at night. Is that what it was? The foreign film that we watched with Lucy, uh, a girl walks home alone at night. Girl walks home. Yeah. Um, and that was atmospherically an incredibly different film. Um, the the movies that Nicole brings us, which are like Korean horror films or other stuff, that kind of changes the entire idea of what we expect from horror movies when we're sitting here with our repeats of Chucky and Freddy Krueger and everything else. And what you were saying about stars is like the, the big names yeah. doing a horror movie. It, at some point, someone decided that we had to make horror movies kind of like we had to qualify them as as blockbuster films in the same right. way like oh now we've made it because we've got big stars that want to do horror movies uh, my wife was watching the first saw yesterday and and i had come in towards the end of it and i haven't seen it probably since about the time that we saw it in the theater i maybe seen it once or twice on on tv since then Carrie always yeah but Carrie always um uh, Danny Glover, Monica Potter, like I'm seeing all these people up on that screen, and some of them weren't necessarily huge names before that movie came out, but right. have gone on to other things. But I was just surprised at how many people in that I recognize. I'm like, oh, that person and that person and that person. But when I saw saw in the theater, I don't even think I realized it was Carrie Elway's in that. I've seen Princess Bride like a billion times, yeah. but I just saw it as a a quality horror movie that was still a, a genre that was new and, and different. And, and I've, I've said before that I, I prefer the Saw movies to Hostel because Saw the story has a methodology that I kind of identify with more. But that was a breakout film, and I don't think it was a breakout film because of who was in it. It was a breakout film because of what it did and what it achieved and because it told something in new ways or a new story completely. And and so I don't ever have a problem with with big name actors showing up in horror films, but I always feel like okay, but does that mean that this film is just going to be incredibly safe? Right. You know, is it going to be a Valentine with Denise Richards and David Boreanaz, which just feels very cliche? Is it going to be the remake of Black Christmas that we watched mm-hmm. um, that had a bunch of of well known young actresses and. And we're all very talented, but we're in a crap Hollywood stylized slasher movie uh, that was just trying to bank on what Scream had done. And Scream, big names, but doing something very different because Wes had a vision and he brought that across on the screen. And it was more about that than it was about all these actors and actresses who were the young Hollywood upcoming elite at that time. Well, and that's that's how it used to be. It used to be a lot of, you know, horror was the stepping stone for actors in the Hollywood. I mean, you look at Friday the 13th, Kevin Bacon, 
I don't think that was his first film, but that was that was an early film of his. And then Johnny Depp, his first film was um, Nightmare on Elm Street. Nightmare on Elm Street, and they have moved on to other genres. But then you have actors like um, <clears throat> Robert Englund or uh, Michael Berryman from Hills Have Eyes, and they've and they've stuck with the genre for 30, 40 years. Yeah, I mean, I knew Robert Englund from V more than I knew him from Nightmare on Elm Street because yeah. I'd been watching V before Nightmare came out. Right. Um, so it, it was always weird to me that he kind of then got regulated to horror movies. Now, some people just find it and they're like, yeah, I love doing this. Uh, Danielle Harris is, is someone who obviously was young, got her start in those Halloween sequels, right. but then wound up being on regular TV. I remember being the neighbor on Roseanne for a while and everything. And she's someone who certainly could have broken out of the genre, but I think she just loves the genre. And, and, and the to. genre treats her well. Yeah, the the horror genre respects the actors who are a part of it. Like, really loves them. Uh, there's a show, uh, Famous Monsters, which is a local uh, kind of like horror news thing here. And they have a show on on Saturday nights before our creepy uh, features that are, that are on. And they interview people like the actress who was in Last American Virgin... And uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure is one of the princesses and uh, Better Off Dead. But she was in Amityville 2. And so they're interviewing her as the actress from Amityville 2. They interviewed the actress from Sleepaway Camp. And, you know, these are movies that are 30 plus years old at this point. But they're beloved icons for being in those movies, even though they haven't done a ton of stuff. And, and But they show up at these conventions because they love that they got to be a part of it and the fans love them. And it's just such a warm and enriching place compared to what a lot of other Hollywood stuff is like Tom Cruise has made a lot of incredible movies and still makes great movies, but people don't want to see Tom Cruise in movies anymore, at least not in America. Right. And it's weird that he's, he's been so, so stigmatized, but it's because Tom Cruise is bigger than his films and so his personality is bled outside of those movies. So people kind of like, oh, I don't want to go see Tom Cruise movies because I don't like Tom Cruise, even though he makes good films. Right. Um, and it's so much different than uh, the horror genre seems to like protect its own and, and love its own more. Yeah. It's a good place to be. And we've yeah. met incredible people that. Right. Like people like you and and Melissa and everybody from Horror Geek Life and Tori. And and all, all the people, all yeah, they're just incredible people. people. And and you can't find anybody it's who a it's works a harder. Right. Yeah, they they work their asses off. Uh, I don't even think Tori uh, is a friend of ours. hasn't been on the show, but right. I don't think she makes any money from the stuff she does. But she spends all her free time. She watches screens all the show. time. I, she's yeah, a, she's amazing, she, and she writes reviews. She'll 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 write a review for anything. She she gives every film she watches a chance and it's she's amazing because of it and she does it just because she loves it yeah she's so genuinely excited to be a part of those things and that that to me is so admirable and that that's again why i love being able to just even be a small part of this kind of thing is because really you can't find better better people and better fans and and in some cases better filmmakers than than what we have in in this genre and and it's something that I hope that people listen to the show understand. Um, 
And I imagine that you do, because if you're a person who listens to a horror podcast, then you're a horror movie fan in the first place. And you're probably a horror movie fan because you feel like you're a part of something. You know, there's there's the creepiness factor. There's some people just like her gore hounds. Some people like being scared. There's, psychologically, there's things of that. But I, I think also we all feel like as weird as it is, this is a safe place for a lot of us. Yeah. You know, and it's it's a it's a not exactly family environment, but it feels kind of like familiar when when you meet somebody else and you talk about your favorite horror movie and then they're like, oh, that's my favorite horror movie. You feel an instant connection to them more than you do than someone who says, oh, I really dug Iron Man as well. You know, yeah, a lot of fucking people like Iron Man. And I ain't saying that there ain't nothing wrong with that. I love Iron Man, but it's a different thing than I say. I really, really love Critters. And someone's like, oh, Critters is the best. Right. Do you want to rate a cure for wellness? Sure. I mean, you don't have to if you don't want to. <laughs> you can really now that I said all those nice things, let me give this a shitty score. <laughs> yeah. Well, you said nice things about not this movie. Um, since the last time you were here, Anthony, we changed the rating because I honestly got kind of lazy. <laughs> so it's, it's now just like a strict zero to five scale. Just give an explanation as to why you gave it that score. And uh, yeah, as our guest, you have to go first. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to give it a, a 4.3. Not a perfect movie. It has its flaws, as I've said, but I, I think it's a good movie. I've watched it. I watched it twice in theaters, and I own it now, and I watch it occasionally. So I'm going to give it a 4.3. Not a 4.5 quite, because it's not quite there, but yeah. So we're doing like point. I am. I just, Anthony, Anthony gets to. Right. Get to make that call. I, I always bow to the guests when it comes to how they rate. I gave Xanadu sevens, man. It's <laughs> that was a fucking joke episode. Uh Corey, what do you uh what do you, you it was? Uh I can't be nearly that kind of this movie. Right. Uh I, I'm going to acknowledge the fact that it was it was beautifully shot and produced. Um, and I'm, I'm now I've talked myself up by the fact that I've, I got a new appreciation for it because I realized kind of more of what the story was evocative of. Um, but I'm, I'm only going to be able to go to 1.5 for me. It's just not something that I'm ever going to watch again. You really went that low. Yeah. Oh, all right. Um, <sighs> yeah, I'll never watch it again. I, in terms of story, I don't have a whole lot of good to say about it, but if, if, <clears throat> like you guys are saying, if you're if you're really open to give it a chance, then it, maybe you'll like it. I just I didn't like it, and I I'm not like that upset that I watched it. Yes, I said I want my two hours back, but how many times do I say that? 103 movies. I'm certain I've said it 65 times, um, just because I'm a crotchety old man. But um, I'm gonna give it two. I mean, it's, it's good. It, well, it's definitely not the worst movie that we've watched. It's not the worst movie that I've seen. So I'm, I'm, I'm the Jack in the situation. You're the Dan in the situation. Yeah, you're, you're, uh, the, you're the catcher, and I'm the power bottom. <laughs> There's no top in that in that scenario. I don't know how these There's situations no work. I don't really know the logistics of a power bottom and a receiver. And I'm not even going to say that you're wrong. You, you uh, might be right. There may be no top in Jack and Dan. <sighs> Certainly not in us. Well, fun, okay, so funny story. Um, can you do the, the outro real quick and then I'll... 
because this will this will yeah. kind of segue into who we have next week. All right, yeah, you can contact us by leaving us a voicemail at 805-328-3966. Uh, you can email us at pot. We enjoy our emails. Uh, mm. Sometimes I'll tell you how drunk Matt is. Mm. Uh, or you can leave us a message on the website at uh, gncast.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at Podcast of Terror. And subscribe to this podcast via iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or your favorite podcatcher. And leave us feedback on whichever one you'd like. Uh, all subscription options and links can be found at gncast.com slash subscribe. And you can join our Facebook page at podcast of terror uh or the networks page at galactic network and anthony where can people find you you have a lot of pages oh gosh where would you like to send them right now all right um just uh anthony rouse on facebook on instagram um or you can follow me on twitter at sinscape studios c-i-n scape studios and uh also follow me on imdb for uh upcoming projects yes Uh, by the way I don't think we thanked you on the show, but you you gave us IMDb <laughs> pages. I did. Yeah, that's a thing. I, I forgot about you, that. You earned I, it. I, I don't think that I earned it at all, uh, <laughs> but I, I keep trying to get them to give me my photograph on there. But still, that was amazing. That was such a kind thing to do. We really appreciated that. Of course. Um, also, I was going to suggest, uh, do you have an email newsletter or anything i know i'm i'm telling you, you we should. do yeah um we have a um if you if you want to be part of our newsletter to see what we're up to and i i'm always producing stuff not necessarily always directing but always producing uh send us an email to uh, cinemascape studios at gmail.com excellent because i was thinking because you do so much work and because facebook is getting worse and worse about giving people access to the pages that they're subscribed to right. uh, because why would you let people get what they actually want? Right. Um, maybe there's, there's a more direct way to get information out when you've got new projects coming out. And yeah. We have a monthly newsletter. Yeah. I, I definitely want that. So uh-huh. I'm going to, I'm going to send it for that right now. And uh, what I, I, I help publish comics. I fell behind the last couple of weeks again, because things were a little strange here in Sonoma County. Uh, but I hope to get back to regular posts on donascomics.com for the stuff that my good friend Levi Krauss publishes, all of his comic work. And uh, Matt, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram and uh, untapped, because as Corey says, I'm an alcoholic, uh, at Matt the Lifeguard. I think that's going to do it. So it's only because I love you. <clears throat> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, speaking about Power Bottoms, Ultra Tops, Jack and Dan. Next week, uh, we're going to be talking about The Witch. I think it came out, what, 2015? 2016? 2014? It seems more recent, but you might be right. It might be uh, 2015. Which Wiki. 2015. I saw this in the theaters, so I'm actually really excited for this. But uh, Jack Pacone is going to be coming. We're going to talk about The Witch. Uh, it's going to double as our Halloween episode because it will literally come out on Halloween for once. We're going to put out an episode on the day it's supposed to come out. Um, I actually sent Jack a box of beer today <laughs> because <laughs> I found uh, there was a local brewery that made Black Phillip Blood Orange Cider. So I wow. sent him a couple cans. I got a couple cans. I got a bunch of pumpkin beer and Halloween beer. 
I might get drunk it, enough to take my shirt off. Huh? Have you offered to send Anthony beer so he doesn't have to stand outside a party store and wait for somebody with an ID to come and buy well, for him? Well, when he turns 21, I will mail him beer. It's already <laughs> bad enough that I'm mailing beer. Um, yeah, we, we probably should have rated this episode PG-13 just to keep ourselves out of trouble with the FCC. We, we need your parents to sign a consent form saying that it's okay for you to stay up this late. Um, no, 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 no. Anthony, if you want beer, just send me a message and we'll figure something out. <laughs> he's, he's actually not 14 guys yeah, no he's yeah he's he's the, he's, he's, he's the right more age of a man than neither of us he has seven pubic hairs he's really getting up there in, in age four of them his own <laughs> he bought three on ebay oh boy yeah, that's gonna do it for another episode of the podcast of terror uh, thanks again for listening we'll talk to you guys next week stay scary everybody Bye.